Hey, welcome to Freeway Church Online. We're glad that you are with us today. Check out this message. It is from our Sunday service. Project 42 is one of our new missionary uh, partners. It was at church, hear me, it was at church when I was seven years old at a boys' uh, kids' program on a Wednesday night that I walked down the front in front of everyone and everybody prayed for me uh, to be saved, to give my life to Jesus. And it was at church when I was 12 years old on a Sunday night at a baptism service that me and my sister got baptized. And it was at church when I was 15 years old and a youth leader asked me to be part of some dumb drama group. It was so dumb. And I said, yes, and guess what? I made friends, and church became home for me. It was at church that those youth leaders would then encourage me in championing these dreams that God has put in my heart. They said, hey, if you don't go after that, I'll even pay your way. If you can find a way, I will make sure you go and check out that school, check out that college. It was at church that when I had questions about God, I had people who would listen, who would wrestle through all of these questions about who God is. It was at church. And I just wonder if I was born in Yemen or Oman, or if I was born in Dubai or UAE, if I was born in Pakistan or India, and I was seven, there would be no boys program for me to go to. And I was 12, there'd be no Sunday night service to be baptized in. There would be no dumb drama group to be a part of. And there would be no youth leader championing these questions I have about God. Just because of where I was born. And to me, this is an injustice. This is an injustice to have actual regions of the world where if Jesus shows up in your dreams and says, I'm the true God, that there is no one that you can find that believes the same thing, not in your town or the town next to you. We have to do something about that. And that's why Project 42 is so important to me. It was early on in our college days where someone uh, revealed to us that less than 1% of all giving to missions goes towards unreached people group. And that was 13, 14 years ago. That was, and it's still the same. We have an obligation. And as our church is concerned, Freeway Church, we will continue to champion unreached people groups, missionaries, projects, and people that are going to uh, pave a way where there is no way for people to hear about God. If you're new to this church, today is a unique and special day. I have to tell you today is our miracle offering day and we did not invite you for your money, okay? <laughs> like I'm gonna talk a lot about money today, but the, we did, you are not here uh, because we invited you because we think you can give a lot of money or something like that. There's no trick here. But I will tell you that today we're talking about Kingdom Builders. My name is Roy, I'm the pastor here, and I'm thankful that all of you are with us today, whether you're online or in person. Thanks for coming. I'm so thankful uh, for our kids' ministry. Wasn't that cool today to hear that they have been giving? Like, that's so great um, that, that uh, Cindy is kind of leading all the Kids Way workers and all that, so I'm just thankful to the kids. Can we give a round of applause for the people who work in Kids Way? Come on. It's true. So today is a big day uh, of raising money, big day talking about money, and um, we're giving everything that, that comes in away. There is no administration fee to Kingdom Builders. Like, or I don't get a, uh, what is that called when someone sells a car? A commission. I don't get a commission or something. Yeah, I'm part of this with you. All of the money that comes in goes to Kingdom Builders. You should know that right from the start because it matters. And listen, how you handle money 
matters. How churches handle money matters. If you were to show me all the money, all the things you've spent on the past month, I could tell you what matters to you. You know what I'm saying? Like some of you like really love entertainment. Like you can clearly see that you spend money on entertainment. Others of you really love friends and you go out to dinner with friends. Others of you, you know, based on how you spend your money, we can see where your heart's at. And it's the same with churches. You can tell where a church's heart is at by how they spend their finances. This is why the board and I, are we take all this time to make sure that the, how we spend our money honors God. Because the way we spend our money matters. How you spend your money matters. It shows what you care about. And listen, we will be a church that continues to fund the Great Commission to reach people and to tell them about Jesus in, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We will, even in our small church, we will make an impact. It will see in our finances that we cared for the unreached people groups. And that's why Project 42 is so important. Um, uh, we have different areas. I'm going to explain a lot about Kingdom Builders today. I explained in April, but we'll talk about it a little bit more today, what Kingdom Builders is and how you can be a Kingdom Builder. That's essentially what it is. You can see on this slide, uh, Kingdom Builders supports three main things, local support, global missions, and leaving a legacy. So each year, the idea is we would reprioritize these lists to see how God might be leading us in Kingdom Builders. So these are the three things. Uh, this year, we had such an opportunity for our global missions. We were able to send a, a bunch of money to Ukraine, a Convoy of Hope, uh, which is a, a missions organization, was bringing, was sneaking food into Ukraine. You remember this? We gave at Easter time. You guys gave a bunch of money, and we were able to send it uh, to Ukraine. It was Kingdom Builders that Dave Hoyt, one of our board members, was heading to, I think it was Kentucky or Appalachia, that land, and uh, he was like, I'm going to a church that was just hit by a flood. Can you help? And we were able to send him with a check to help that church because of kingdom builders. It's so cool. And now we're adding Project 42. And today uh, our offering goes towards them and to reach unreached people groups. It not only has, is the global, but it's local as well. Just recently, we were able to give money to the uh, Albion Ministerial Association, the AMA. It's all these pastors in Albion. And this is really cool. We supported a, uh, an event last Sunday where the mayor of Albion gave the keys to the city to the pastors. What a cool moment. We're able to do that because of Kingdom Builders. Isn't that awesome? I was there. I had a suit, a suit jacket on. And... Uh, and I was ready to be done halfway through, but I, I stuck it out. We made it through. It was good. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> yeah, I thought about inviting you guys, but we, it's fine. We did it. Um, and we were able to support that. And wow, we're making an impact on these different things. And then leaving a legacy is the last one. And um, we have slotted to spend money on leaving legacy things like camp scholarships. We gave over $1,500 to camp scholarships. We sent all these kids to camp this year because we're leaving a legacy. We're empowering and investing in the next generation. This could be a bunch of stuff. We're, uh, this can be a bunch of different things like building expansions. But the idea is that we would um, build, a, build this foundation that would last our lives, that when we're dead and gone, shall the Lord tarry, that the freeway continues robustly with everything it has. And so um, do I have that, do I have that slide that says the percentages? 
So this is the percentage for 2022. This is how we want to kind of uh, set it up. If all the money came in that we planned on coming in, this is how we would spend it. Kingdom Builders, we don't spend money unless it's in the pot. You know what I'm saying? We don't, it's not like a budget we like hope to spend. If it's there, we spend it. If it doesn't, we don't spend the money. But this is the kind of the breakdown for Kingdom Builders this year. Why do I say all this? Because today is a day that I've asked you to sacrifice to give one big offering. If you could give more than you ever could give in one moment, uh, what could you do? 2 Samuel 24, David, the king, responds to this uh, question. He says, no, I insist on buying it, the altar he's talking about, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. There's this idea in scripture of sacrifice. Sacrifice always costs us something. And though it is better to obey than to sacrifice, there are moments where I'm challenging all of us to sacrifice. And this is one of those moments. Could we give more over and above than we ever have to kingdom builders? Could we make an impact that goes beyond this room? What could we do together? And so that's the idea today. So we're going to talk a little bit about this. Um, if you would, read with me uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 through 19. This is the same verse as last week. We're doing it again. It's good. It says this in 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word today, and we thank you for this moment we have to sacrifice for you, Lord. Would you uh, uh, fill us with wisdom and knowledge and understanding about how your kingdom works and how we can build the church? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week, we talked about this verse, the idea that Jesus wants to build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We talked about the idea that these gates, these walls, are not coming after us. We are going after them. We're not playing defense. We're playing offense. And it's important that we recognize that hell isn't some force coming after us to destroy us, but that we actually go after it. And Jesus equips his church of people to be able to do that. And we get to be in these positions to say, man, how can I advance the kingdom of God? How can I build God's church? That's the idea. And I want you to know that it's this verse where we get the word kingdom builders from. Kingdom builders. Uh, when we, you hear the word kingdom builders, it's this idea that we are building the church. We are building the kingdom of God. We're playing offense, not defense. God has equipped our little church, our local church, uh, to be able to do something. We have a big church, which is the worldwide church, the, the, the worldwide church. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. But we have a local church, which is our freeway church. And God is challenging us to become a, a family, uh, to be used to love and support one another, but also to go and rescue people that are beyond those gates that are beyond those walls, that we would use what we have to break through those walls and to help someone else. This idea that we are advancing the kingdom of God. And that is not only in our love and not only in the way we act and the way we think, but also in how we give. 
how we handle our finances. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about that today. Before we go any further, I just want to note that you may be wondering why I'm not so political from the stage, considering a vote is coming soon. And that's because I believe in you. I really do. I believe in you. You and your, uh, you and your walk with Christ, God will lead you to give the, the world the opinion it's asking for. But as far as I'm concerned, up here, I keep it uh, not so political. Even though there's stuff in the docket that I could talk about, we're just not going to talk about it because I believe in you. If we're going to advance the kingdom, we're going to do it person to person, not law by law. Even though some of you really believe that it's through legislation that things are done, which I'm not against. I'm just saying that as far as freeway is concerned, we're going after people. And so um, good luck voting on Tuesday, I guess. I guess that's what I was going to say. So how do you become a kingdom builder? How do you become a kingdom builder? We want, I told the kids, you are kingdom builders. You are kingdom builders. Like they're giving, if they give two cents, like praise God. Like that's so cool that they're giving. It's probably two cents that they stole from their mom's wallet, but that's okay. Like we'll take it anyway. Um, they're kingdom builders. Uh, my kids... They are, my son is nine now, so he's all, he's after ways to spend his money. Um, this, that, this, yesterday he was like, I need to bring money for the, the miracle offering. And I was like, oh yeah? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to give everything I've got. And I was like, oh, that's great. And he goes, it's just $3. And I was like, oh, he just spent like a $30 toy. And I was like, I think he planned it this way. Anyway, um, but the kids, they're learning to give and they're learning to figure these things out. It's so cool. So how do you become a kingdom builder? The first thing at our church, this is the way we teach it. We tithe. We tithe. We believe tithing is a biblical principle. Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. So this is a real scripture in the, in, in the Bible. And I want to point it to you because this is the one that pastors point to when they talk about tithing. Tithing is the funding mechanism for the local church. This is how we operate. Now, tithing used to be a command. You had to do it. It was something that was like a rule. To follow Jesus, or to follow God, you had to tithe. It is not a rule anymore. It is in the new covenant, it is not a command for us to follow. So why do we tithe if it's not a command? Well, we believe that this, this principle still works in our lives today. That God can do more with your 90% than you can do with your 100%. That tithing actually trusts, you trust God with your money. And we see this because it goes all the way back before the old covenant even began. With Abram and Melchizedek, there's this spiritual principle that God honored when Abram gave 10% of his stuff to Melchizedek, and this moment was before the Old Testament, the old law was created. We see God honoring it. We see it throughout the Bible, God honoring it. We see Jesus and his disciples make it a normal thing to practice the tithe. And so that is where we kind of pick up the, pick up the pieces with tithing. You see, what's, what's cool about tithing is that it is something that uh, you give God permission to bless with your life. It's kind of like Sabbath. If you've ever practiced Sabbath in your life, you, it's a command in the Old Testament. You don't have to Sabbath. It's not a rule that you have to do. 
But if you give one of your days a week to the Lord and say, you know what, I work every other day, but I'm going to trust you, God, that you are working on my behalf. I'm not going to work today. I'm going to rest and enjoy you. That moment is the same type of spiritual principle. You're showing that you're trusting God, that God can do more than you could ever do by yourself. And it's the same with our finances. I love this about tithing. You know, sometimes we read these fancy things online that are like, you don't need to tithe anymore. Just give whatever is there. You, should, you shouldn't tithe out of obligation. You should be tithing out of uh, overflow or an abundance. But at the same time, if we were really to understand New Testament scriptures about giving, 10% should be the starting place. You should be giving more and more above and beyond that if you really want to follow Jesus' rules to how we operate in the kingdom of God. It's very hard to do because a lot of times we say we're under the new covenant. We're just going to give however much we want, but really we're giving like 1% to 6%. We're, like, we're not even getting close to the starting line when it comes to Jesus' perspective on giving. And so a lot of think about when it comes to tithing, but we don't have to talk all about it. There's lots of principles in the Bible. And in fact, we have a small group talking about finances right now. The goal is to not be like guilty and shame-based. Um, the goal is to like learn and to grow so that you can do more than you could ever do by yourself. And so that's the idea of tithing. I, I love it because I believe it's the funding mechanism for the local church. And so we're trying to do something here, aren't we? We're trying to do something at Freeway. And so when people give, we get the lights on. We do more things. We got more stuff to be able to accomplish, more ground to be able to take. And it's because of your giving. So thank you guys for giving and for tithing and all of that. Do you remember during the pandemic, uh, there was like supply chain shortages? You remember this? Like there was, to to I don't think toilet paper was a supply chain issue. It was just people going crazy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I remember we didn't have any. My mom brought us some. She like threw it out of her car onto her porch. And we're like, thanks, mom. And she like drove 30 minutes to throw toilet paper at us. Um, do you remember this? Do you remember the supply chain shortages? There was like building supplies. What other things were like shortages during the supply chain? Do you Cleaning supplies. Oh, yes. That was a big deal. Anything else you guys remember during the, all that? Do you remember the, the boat? The boat got stuck in the Suez Canal. Remember all that? And you're like, oh my goodness, this one boat gets stuck in this one canal. And like, sorry, you can't have batteries there. There's a boat in the canal. You're like, what? Are you kidding me? You remember that? All of a sudden, supply chain became a big deal in the world. In fact, uh, C-suite, uh, people who run companies today are always thinking about supply chain. I was able to go to uh, an actual like uh, ministry this week where they talked about how supply chain is so important to Costco that they will like take pallets of stuff that haven't sold. They just got to get rid of them. Because the new stuff is coming in. Even though they haven't sold it, it's more important that they move them on. It's crazy to think about, but they're thinking so much about this supply chain because they want to turn a profit. Well, when it comes to churches and it comes to the kingdom of God, tithing and giving is like our supply chain. There are missionaries today that are waiting to go in the field, but there's no finances for them to go. There are dreams in the hearts of men to be able to do amazing things for the Lord, but the finances really aren't there. There are local churches like ours and churches all over the nation, all over the world, that want to accomplish something, but the finances aren't there yet. Those finances speed up the process of life change in people's lives. Why do we give? We give because we want other people to experience the same thing that we have. We want other people to have the same experiences that they, they can know a God that loves them. They can experience Christ. And without that supply chain of giving, it's a natural need that God uses to apply all of this to the world. The tithing 
is God's funding mechanism for the local church. So how do you become a kingdom builder? One, you tithe. So that's how we do it. We honor God with our tithe. And then two, above and beyond that, you give to kingdom builders. And I already explained to you, um, kingdom builders, we get it from that verse. But do you want to know where it really came from? It came from Hillsong Church in Sydney. They came up with this idea called kingdom builders. And uh, if you know Hillsong, they're in the news a lot because they're the mega church. And back then, I don't know how much, but you had to give a certain amount. And if you gave a certain amount, you were labeled a kingdom builder. It was kind of like if you gave a million dollars, you were one of the 20 kingdom builders for the church. It was like some crazy thing like that, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's very honoring to be like that, but it's not really scriptural, is it? Right? And so what happens is the word kingdom builders is used in many churches now, nowadays. It doesn't apply to those who give above and be, these, these big givers. It applies to anyone who gives above their tithe. Because we know, scripturally speaking, that it is not the amount that we give, but the value of that amount in our lives. And it's really important. That's why we champion the kids, because the kids, they may not be giving a million dollars, but they're kingdom builders because they sacrifice, and that money matters to them. So for us at our church, any person who gives above and beyond their tithe is a kingdom builder. You are doing a part, and it is not the amount that you give that's important, but that, that you, the value of that gift to you. We get this from Scripture. Jesus uh, says this in Mark 12, 41 through 44. Jesus sat down near the collection box at the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. You remember the story? Jesus called his disciples and said and to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. This is such an amazing scripture. Jesus doesn't shy away from the give everything to follow me idea. Then multiple times in scripture, Jesus like says, like the, like the rich young ruler, oh, give everything to the poor and come follow me. Or this moment right here, it's that he's championing a sacrifice. Man, our culture today, we don't like that, do we? We want you to kind of be like uh, planned and, and, and you want everything to kind of work out and then in your planning, you can give over and above. And, and hear me, I want you to do that. I want you to plan your finances. Every dollar you spend should have a reason. It should have a goal to it. Even if it's a dollar on a video game or a dollar on a pretzel, you know what I'm saying? Like the, everything should have a goal. Learn to build your finances in such a way. But there are moments where God asks us to sacrifice. And in those moments, they aren't acts of like this kind of uh, stability working towards giving out of our surplus. They're moments where we give out of uh, everything we have. Moments that we kind of depend on the Lord, we trust the Lord with. Now, before we continue, I'm not insinuating that you give and go into debt, okay? Or use your credit card to go. That's not helpful to you. It is not helpful for the church, okay? But you got to learn where in your finances giving a big gift like this can land. But the point is not that you ought to give all of your money. The point is what is the value of the gift? The text right here doesn't say that um, the widow gave more than any one of the givers. It says that, that she gave more than all of them put together. So Jesus puts this intentional weight on the value of her gift. 
And it's important that you know, even as a smaller church with a smaller budget, if you, I believe that even the value of your gifts, they magnify and multiply in the, in the carrying out of those gifts as well. So if our budget is $100,000 this year, I believe that God can do more through our church with a more generous value gift than he could do with someone that's more generous with their finances. Meaning we're not playing a game of um, just what physical, a physical game. We're playing a spiritual game. We believe that there's, there's value to these dollars that matter more than just numbers on a spreadsheet, that matter more than, uh, than what, you know, the coins that drop into the offering, that they're there to reach other people. It's the cost, it's not the cost of the gift. It's the value that matters to God. Sometimes we, got, we have this, I'll give when I give more, when I get more mindset, right? I'll give more money when I get more money. I'll, I'll start being sacrificial when I have more money to give. And Jesus kind of takes this thought down right here with this, this it says that this mindset doesn't work because even if you have more, it's, it's, it's the value that matters to God. And that's pretty cool that, that even for some of us today, giving a little bit is a big deal to, to you and that's a big deal to God. I love that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna end early here. So Alyssa, you can come on up. We have a really important uh, day of of valuing finances today. Um, but I want you to know that some Sundays we talk about money because money matters, and how you spend your money matters. It shows how much you value. It shows how much life, like what parts of life you're what is important to you, and it shows how we handle the church. Are you guys all coming up? The whole band. Get up here, band. Get up here. Um, let me read this verse to you. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9. It says, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together for the same purposes. And both of us will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are in God's field. You are God's building. There's this idea in scripture that we work together to build the kingdom of God that God uses broken people to reach broken people. And even though all of us are on a pathway in our relationship with God, we can be used to make an impact on this world. We can make an impact to the unreached people groups. We can make an impact to the kids that are going to camp. We can make an impact to the city of Albion. We can make an impact with our giving. And I want you to, to see this because I, I want you to put tangibly, hey, when I give, it matters. When I give, it reaches someone. When I give, it's important. So what we're gonna do now is if you all would grab a money envelope in the front of your seats, everybody, everybody, even if you're not planning on giving, everybody grab an envelope. They're all in front of you in the seats, pockets in front of you, and a pen. Hopefully you got a pen that works. Uh, everybody grab one. So different, you guys are going to write different things on this envelope, okay? So we're going to give during the end of the song here. Um, you're going to write different things. So you, if, you're giving your, if you're giving your normal tithes and offerings today, 
please write that and so I don't count it as kingdom builders, okay? So please write that on there. Um, two, if you are giving your miracle offering today in person, put the money in there and say miracle offering or kingdom builders, okay? Three, if you're giving online, please write online on that piece of paper. Just write online because we're gonna, and then if you are not giving this year, write next year on that thing, right next year on that piece of paper, okay? But everybody should have one because at the end, we're gonna pray for everybody's offering and then we're all gonna give together at the end here. So make sure you have a piece of paper and it's okay if nothing's in it, just write something on there. You don't even have to put your name if you don't want to. This is not about uh, getting money today. This is about this is about reaching people. And so, uh, if, yeah, find, it's okay, Stephanie, we'll, I'll help you in a little bit. Um, so that's what we're going to do. So if you're giving online or you're giving in person or you're not giving, you write next year on it. But whomever gives, uh, I want you to know that tonight at the miracle offering, we're going to say how much we've given this year and we're going to celebrate that amount. So if for some reason you didn't bring your funds and you're going to give online or something, please do it before our service so we can celebrate how the miracle offering together. Okay, is that clear? Okay, everybody stand up with me. We're gonna end here. I don't know where you're at with your finances, but it is my job as a preacher and as a pastor to have faith. And I have faith that we can give more than we've ever given in one offering, even that, even though it involves all of us stretching to do so. So if you have your envelope, think about, you're gonna hold it in your hand and we're gonna pray for it together. And then we're gonna sing this song and then as we sing the song, you can come up and put the money in the basket, your envelopes in the basket. Are you ready? Hold it up. Let's pray for it. Jesus, we pray over these finances. We pray over these gifts, Lord. We pray over these things that uh, you have led us to do. And God, I just have been praying that all of us will be nudged to, for this offering right now. And wherever we're at today, Lord, I ask that you would multiply and bless these gifts, not only for the giver, but also for the impact in this world that we're gonna be able to see, God, that you would use this money, that you would advance the kingdom of God. And that, God, you would train each and every one of us to learn what sacrifice and obedience means, how to handle our finances, that this would be a new day, God. Cut through right now all of the insecurities and the thoughts coming up in our minds, thinking about finances and what we think about the church and all that stuff. And, Lord, let us be giving this to you, God, today. Would you use and bless these gifts in Jesus' name? Hey, we're glad you joined us today on the podcast. We are praying for you. So please let us know what we can do. Uh, we're on your team, always here. So um, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.